Scusa. Okay, uh, I'm going to say a prayer, and hopefully by the end, I'm going to make it long so they can, no, but hopefully by the end of it we're able to do, or if not, we'll just talk about some stuff. So, let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being a God that's incredibly merciful, who sees our mistakes and our, just our weaknesses, not as something to, to just discard us or throw us away, but you see, it, see us worthy of, of having your son go to the cross and be sacrificed for for our sins, Lord. Lord, and so often we take that for granted. So often we are so involved in the things that, that we want and the things that we do in our, in our habits and, and we forget what the price that was paid, Lord. And there's so, so little time on this earth that we have. And I know for a lot of the people here at their age, it's, it's hard to understand that. At my age, you know, I'm half gone and it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's easy to, it's easy, easy to see how fast time goes. So help us to be the people that we need to be in this little time that we have here on earth, to be the people that are going to spread the message, Lord, that are going to grow and have the fruit of, of people coming, the fruit of, of, of your spirit, of, of becoming people who others want to be like, because we're trying to be like your son. Thank you so much for his sacrifice. Thank you so much for, for him fighting and, and staying focused. On, on, what he, on what he was doing, even when it was so painful, Lord. Thank you so much for Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, um, I'm surprised there's so many people here, uh, but maybe it's because we have problems, right? <laughs> now, I understand this would have been the class that I would have been at, and this is the reason they asked me to talk about this, because in my life, in my 45 years, I've had to prune a lot of things. And I think you understand the main concept of what pruning is, uh, but sometimes you don't understand the importance of who is, who is pruning. So the other day, my daughter, who loves her tablet, who here has kids that love tablets? Like some of you, if you do, you understand. Like it's, it's like that thing. And if you know my daughter, Emma, Emma is, well, at one time we called her a little terrorist, and we saw that that was probably not a good idea to call your kid a terrorist. So she's just known as crazy. And I said, why are you so crazy? She's like, I'm not crazy. I'm cutie pie crazy. I'm like, where did she get these things? She's, she's four years old. And like, I remember when she was, uh, when she was little, I, uh, we were at a, sorry, this thing is not in here. Uh, we were at uh, the Dairy Queen. And, and I, I tried to get her to kiss me. She was a little bitty. Like, I think she was like one. And I, and I, <laughs> And I'd go, mwah, you know, and I like to get her to, to give me a kiss. And she goes, no, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> and I got burned by my own one-year-old, like my one-year-old right, right then, so you can understand her. But she loves this tablet. And the other night, I asked her to turn it off. It was late, it was like 9.30. It was, it was time for bed, and I asked her to turn it off, and I knew that it was gonna be a fight. Because she got mad, and she started having this attitude. And her attitude is she'll throw the thing and things like that. And I'm like, oh, not in my house. Right? That's, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to accept that you do that here. And for her, it was the biggest tragedy in her life. Doesn't it seem like that for kids? It's like this tragedy that you ask them to turn it after she'd been on it for five hours. <laughs> and let me explain. You're like, man, this is bad parenting, right? Five hours a kid. 
like with COVID, we haven't been able to send them to school. It's just, it's been hard, okay? And there's three of them. It's been three of them, and it's three of them, so it's difficult. But she didn't like it then. But I did it for her own good. Do you understand that? Doing it for your own good? And I know at times we don't. And, and why did I really do it? I didn't want her to become addicted to the thing. I understood because I had so many addictions in my life and things that I had to, I was in celebrate recovery like as soon as I, as I moved to the, the, tra- the crossings 15 years ago and I was like in all kinds of classes for, for porn addiction, for, for dealing with my past. I didn't want her to have the same problems. She was spending too much time on it and she wasn't doing the things she was asked to do because of it. So I'd ask her to do something and it's, it's great. She wouldn't even look up. I'd be like, Emma. Emma, Emma! And I was like, I, I, you sound like an idiot as a parent. And you know, after some time, you wonder why parents or are dads are, 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 are stressed all the time. is because kids don't listen. Because they're just so into what they're doing. They want. So, how do I know these things? These, that these things are bad? And I, and I explain it as because I've been there. I know, but it wasn't good. <laughs> Man, you didn't even give me time. <laughs> because I've been there. As her father, I know more than she does. And eventually she will understand and she will thank me for it, right? Yeah, whatever. Right? You, I'm sorry, if you're going to be a parent, you're like, yeah, maybe. I thank my dad once for what nobody. I, I thank them more than that. But that's how God sees us. And at times, if you don't understand that, that it's him that does the pruning, because it says it in... Are we almost there? Yep. I have used it from here. Oh, sorry. My name is... It's the church. <laughs> it's the church. It's the give you a new one. But, anyway. <laughs> but I'm going to read the passage that we've been talking about. It's in John 15, 1, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. And it says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So, you don't bear fruit, he, he cuts it off. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And he's talking to his disciples. He's talking to the ones who have been listening, to, who have been hearing all this stuff. But he's saying, look, there's, there's a process that, goes, that, goes, that happens that, that has to happen. It's for your own good. Do you like it when people tell you that? When they take something away from you, it's like, you're going to thank me. We don't. Like, we don't like that kind of discipline. The Bible even talks, even talks about it. So what I want to talk is about how, how does God prune? What does God prune? When does God prune? And why does he prune? So you're going to understand why this happens. And in the middle, uh, I hope you understand the things that you're going to have to do if you're going to move on and be able to bear fruit. So how does God prune? 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 No, that's completely different. How does God prune? First, by His Word. And you knew this one was coming. Because you've read God's Word and you understand the things that are there. In Hebrews 4.12 it says this, For the Word of God is alive and active. How many of you know that passage? Sharper... Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit's joints and marrow. You know that place in your body? 
We don't. I don't know where that is. Like joints and marrow. What, where is it? What's he talking about? God knows more than we do. It's there. And it says it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The thoughts and attitudes. So when you're reading the Bible, you're supposed to be looking at the Bible and going, what are the, my thoughts? Do they, do they match? And sometimes you're like, well, yeah, it matches. You know, I believe these things. And, I, you know, I feel like we're on the same page and you're excited. But then when the attitudes come, you, you know what I'm talking about? When the attitudes are there, you're like, ah, is, is it the same attitude that Christ had? Is it the same attitude that the disciples had of giving their lives and doing the things that they did? Does it match? And so often it's our attitudes that are the problem. Let me tell you something about attitudes that I found out. You can change your attitude like that. All you have to do is have Kerry Cox in your life. And you'll learn how to change your attitude like that. And I thank Carrie so much for that. Because here's a guy, and I, you might have heard this story before because I've spoken here before. Here's a guy who would, who would come after me after I'm slamming six doors in his, in his face. And he still comes back to me and there are no more doors. And he got up into my face and said, you're not doing right. And right then and there, what do you, what do, you do? I mean, you could punch him in the face. But Carrie can probably take me. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. I've seen him. Right? I've seen them take people down. So what do you do? You realize, you think, you, you th I knew. I've been a Christian for several years. I knew that it was wrong. And right then, I was able to prune because I understood what he was saying. And I didn't prune. It, was, it had to be pruned because my attitudes were bad. And I was the kind of person who would go in the corner. Not like this guy here in the corner. There's a guy right here, by the way. That would come over here and just... <laughs> Right? Pow. I want you to see that I'm pouting. I want the attention and the attention and all. But how often do you pout? How often do you get in your corner and you're just upset and, and nobody's gonna be able to tell me what to do? That's like my that's like my four-year-old Emma. She does that. And I go and pick her up and you're not gonna do this. You're gonna stand here where I told you. And she goes limp and stuff, and I'm like, ah. Then I spank her, right? But so, so I, you know, I give her some chances and things like that. But God prunes us when, it, when we understand his word. The attitudes of our heart. What is it that really is in there that you need to change? Attitudes are important. James 1, 21 through 25 says this. And if, you, if you've done the studies, you know, that, that we go through, most of these passages are there. And you understand this. It says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you. Get rid of those things. He's talking about pruning, taking out. It says, do what it says. Sorry, it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Did you guys look in the mirror this morning? Did you fix what had to be fixed? Some of you did. Some of you, I'm looking not kidding, right? <laughs> but we, we do that, right? We look in the mirror and, and we try to see what, what's, what's wrong here. He's saying somebody, <laughs> it would be crazy. Why do you even look in the mirror? And some people are like, yeah, I don't even look in the mirror. I don't, yeah, I'm not all about the looks and things like that. And I'm like, dude, that. That stuff in your nose or your eye, you need to, right? That's, that's not okay. Like, you need to get that stuff out. And, and we act like, 
like we're okay, even though we knew we know. Because he says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently, do you see what I'm saying? I say that a lot, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. When you go to God's word, you have one thing that you're doing. You're not trying to find, oh, I'm going to find some passages so I go can talk to my friend and tell them how wrong they are. But sometimes that's our attitude. We're supposed to go there and look and say, what, does my life match today what I'm, what I'm reading? And if it doesn't, I need to change. Oh. No blight. So, how does God prune? First, by His Word. The second thing is by His people. He prunes using His people that are around us. And in Galatians 6.1 is the one that you think might, you know, the one we're talking about. Is, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who, who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Did you know that's your job? Let me tell you, it's a second job. We don't want to go and tell somebody what's wrong. If you do want to, you need to check your heart a little bit. And like, he's saying like, and do it gently, even, even to let you know. If you're going to go and do that, you go in a spirit of humility, not in the spirit like, I have the right to go and tell this person what. Because a lot of times that's what we do. It continues and says, but watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. We're supposed to be doing this for each other. If you're not helping your brother to see the things that are there and helping them to take it out, what are you doing? You're not just buddy buddies that are going. You're, you're in a mission going to a, into battle with, with others and you have to have them ready for what they're going to be up against. Are you helping them do that? Or are they going off and love the most, most of what they learned was about the, the scores or what was on Facebook or what was uh, no, I'm old, right? on, on a TikTok or, or whatever? By his people. But look at what Hebrews 13, 7 says. And I, I was thinking of this. But this is one that talks about that. It says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Let me tell you, your leaders aren't going to be perfect. None of them. But they're leaders because they've gone in the same direction for a long time. And you see their life shows it. And because of that, we start pruning things that don't look like because we're imitating. And you, you might be thinking, no, but, I, but I'm my own person. And I, and I have my things like I do. And you're right. You have your personality. and Some of it you can change. Yeah. You can. But look at others. Look at the people who are, who are helping you to teach. And it doesn't mean that you can't go and tell them if you see them doing something wrong. I tell my guys, if you see me doing something wrong, I want you to come and talk to me. I want you to, I want you to tell me. I have no problems with, with you doing that. But what are we doing? Are we using God's people as well as His Word to, to help us? When somebody tells you something, do you take it to heart? Or inside are you just saying, who do they think they are talking to me? Let me tell you, that's what I used to do. I was really good at it, too. Because I'd tell you, you know, I'd, I'd listen. I was so good at listening. I was a good listener. People would say that. 
Yeah. And then I go off, and in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to do exactly what I want to do. I remember they give me advice about my relationships. For some reason, my relationships, until, until my last one that, you know, I married, nobody liked me. I wasn't good at relationships. And nobody. Like, it was, it was kind of crazy. But anyway. <laughs> uh, but I just, I just remember that people would come and talk to me. And, and instead of really thinking about it and, and taking it to heart, you know what I would say? And I wouldn't tell them to, to their face, but I'm like, haters gonna hate. <laughs> they don't understand our love for each other. You know that feeling, right? It's like, it's like they just don't know what the hell our love is gonna conquer all. One of them, my love, for this person, she almost ended her life twice. And I take the blame for that because I wasn't being the man that I was supposed to be. I made it worse. And I wasn't listening to others when they were telling me. So listen, imitate, take it to heart. So by word, by his people, then by his spirit. Did you know you have a spirit inside of you? Not only your spirit, but it's called the you know. Right, when was the last time you guys talked? Anybody? I don't know. It's, it's weird, isn't it? It's, it's that kind of one that you're like, yeah, he's there. Right? And, and Jesus said, look, if I don't go, if I don't go, I'm not going to be able to send the one that's going to come and make things better, like make your, your life whole and, and make you be able to, to do the things that, more things than even I did. So he sent his Holy Spirit and uh, I think it was Francis Chan that wrote a book, wasn't it? Uh, the Forgotten God. Yep. How often do you think of the Spirit? Or how often do you listen to those voices in your head? Not the ones that are telling you to go do bad things. But the ones that when you're going to do the bad things, they're saying, this might not be a good idea. You know, you know that feeling? <laughs> right? It's there and it's like, which one are you listening to? Because the Spirit, through your conscience and through God's Word and the things that you've been learning, is reminding you. Let me tell you, after a certain time, you don't listen anymore. Because it's so easy. You've crossed that line so many times that the Spirit's like, He's not listening. She's not listening. Proverbs 20, 27, it's an, it's an interesting one because it's in Proverbs of the Old Testament. But it said, the Lord's... Lord's light penetrates the human spirit, exposing every hidden motive of our spirit. It's that connection that we have with the spirit, our spirit and the Holy Spirit. We need to think more of that and remember that that's one of the ways that they're going to take things out of your life, things that are, that are, being, that are destroying you in your relationship with God. Let me see. Yeah, there you go. Uh, by His Word, by His people, by the Spirit, and by trials. And this one I kind of put later, because I, I kept reading all these passages, and I was like, i got to put this one in there. Because it's the one that we don't like. I mean, we don't like any of it, because we don't like being pruned. We like the things that we like, and we like doing them. But by trials, by problems, by difficulties... In James 1, 2 through 4, and you know this passage, and I always thought, mate, I think they got this passage, the translation, wrong. Because it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, 
Whenever good things happen to you and you can be happy, when the bad things happen, you just, you just get into an attitude and, 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 and get depressed. And you're like, oh, that's not what I'm reading. Is it up here? No, it's not. That's right. The passage is there. There we go. Thanks, man. I got the big dog over here. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Let that sink in a little bit. Consider it pure joy. Let me tell you about joy. Joy is not that. I was like, man, I'm so excited about these trials. Woo! You know that guy? You know, like, that's not what he's talking about. Is that you understand that deep inside that you're taken care of, that God didn't give up on you, and he's going to work on you until you give up or until you change. And it's pure joy when you look on the other side of it. Guys, when I was 30, before I moved here to the crossings, I sat in my apartment, or before that, when I was 29, I sat in my apartment, and many of you know this, and I was contemplating how I was going to end my life. Because I felt like the biggest hypocrite that I'd ever known. It was like that, you know, Paul and the, you know, the worst sinner. That was me. As, a, as I was a, a small group leader in the church where my dad was the preacher, I was sleeping with my girlfriend for a year. Nobody knew. I was good at hiding stuff. I was, I was a good liar. While I'm telling people not to do these things. Addicted to porn, looking at porn for three hours at night after I got back from work. Yeah. It's pure joy for me to look at it now. And I have, and I'm not talking about having a wife and kids, because for somebody, maybe that's not what's going to happen. You know what my pure joy is? That I am saved. That I have eternal life, and that I'm going to live forever with God. Because the one thing that kept me from doing it, from, from ending my life, was just thinking that one, one, because I, I thought nobody would forgive me. And I said, but I know that one will. Because he died for me. He died for everyone. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. It produces that you keep going. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So you're going to grow. But let me tell you in that process. He's going to take things away. He's going to show you as you look back and think, this is what caused me to do this. I had to come to the crossings. I had to move from Brazil, thousands of miles away, over here to Missouri. A lot of people ask me, why did you move to Missouri? Why not L.A., New York, you know, like a cooler place? Right? Maybe Boston. Right? Not New York, for sure. But you know why? I love Missouri. Because I love the people that are here. They changed my life. I have a life today because of people that, that, that trusted me, and not trusted me in that way, but, but that, dreamed, that dreamed things that I could do. Planting a church plant was never in my plans. When Carrie asked, said, hey, we, we, want you to, we want you to lead out this church plant, you know what I said? Several of you know. I said, no. no. I'm not going to do it. Not this guy. You don't, you, not, you, you don't understand where I've been. Consider it pure joy when you're going through hard things. But on the other side of it, you're going to become an incredible person. 
that you never thought God was going to be able to make. And I'm not looking at myself as this incredible person, but I'm saying, look, compared to what I was, a lying, no good user of people, addicted to all kinds of stuff, it's completely different. So that's how God prunes. Make sure that you're paying attention to those things and pruning those things. So what does God prune? You want to know what he's supposed to be pruning? <laughs> a lot of you people know this, but it's... In, uh, in 1 John 2, 15, 17, it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. All this stuff, stuff, these, these crazy hobbies and things that you have, let me tell you, they're going to go away. I don't know if there's going to be disc golfing in heaven. I don't know for some of you, I don't know if there's going to be some, you know, TikTok. You know, and you're going to have your followers and things. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be mountain biking. I'm going to be sad if there's no mountain biking. But, or wrestling, or, or CrossFit, right? Oh, who knows? But let me tell you something. Those things don't matter compared to eternal life. Amen? You don't seem convinced. Because you like a lot of those stuff, don't you? Let me tell you, I like it too. But I've had to let go of things. At times, I couldn't have a computer. Because of my sexual addiction, I had to, I had to be supervised. I'm in my 30s, and I had to be supervised. I was in my 30s, I'm in my 40s. But anyway, I had to be supervised using a computer. Why? Because you can't trust this guy. And I will lie. You know, I never got caught. Let me tell you that. It seems like I'm prideful about that, right? You know I never got caught? Because I got really good at lying and hiding and acting like I was okay. And if that's you, be careful. Be careful. Because the end of that, for me, it could have ended. And you would have never known. You would have never have heard from me. Be careful. I had a gaming addiction. I my, I hit rock bottom when I, uh, when I been for three days playing, uh, and, and I'm old, so, uh, Ages, Age of Empires, if you, if you know, you know, but anyway, uh, Age of Empires, 72 hours up playing this game. I was the branch manager for Electrolux in Brazil, the head office where the president was. And I lied. I said I had a migraine. I said I wasn't feeling well. As I sat in my apartment, while I was... <laughs> Who does that? But we do that. When you get sick, when you let things, when you're compulsive. Let me tell you something about gaming, guys. You can live without it. <laughs> Some people are like, yeah, yeah. And some people are like, no. Like inside, you're really thinking, no, not my games. You know, you, you, you bought the little, right, the, what is it called? The Switch. Thank you. I haven't, I haven't had a game console in, in years. But you have the, the Switch. Man, the Switch. 
played it here last night. See, somebody needs to change. <laughs> it's a game changer. You can take it wherever with you. Man, I, I, I remember I got my, I had the M, what was it, the MD something that you could yes. take with you, huh? This was before iPhones and stuff like that, you know, and stuff. And I thought, man, this is so cool. And the, like, it was, anyway, it was, it was something. It's the one that would kind of open, you had the little things on it, but anyway. It wasn't the cool one I know that did like this, and then you had all the games that, like, it was a different one. But anyway, I remember this game change, I get to, I get to be all the time, it doesn't matter where. Some of you spend so much time with those things that makes no sense. If you people really knew what you were after at God's mission. Sometimes you're on your phone for so long. Isn't it hard not thinking about not having a phone now? Even me, I'm like, oh, no. But taking those things out of your life that you know. One, another one I was going to put, I was going to put for how does he do it. And, and I think it was, I was going to talk, I was talking about the spirit one. Where it tells you. Because you know. Don't you? You know what the things are. Maybe mark it down. Mark two things that you know in your book that you need to prune. That God needs to prune. And I'm not talking about, it's like, yeah, my sins and these things. I'm talking about things that take too much of your time. Things that take the valuable time that you're supposed to be using for God because He bought you. You're His. 1 Peter 2.11 says this, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners. And I, I'm a foreigner. Like, but let me tell you, you guys are too. You're temporary residents in this world. This is going to come to an end. You have another home in heaven and God's getting it prepared for you. Amen? And that's, that, should be, that should be the excitement. Not the things here. To keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. He's saying, look, this is, this is serious. You guys, are, you guys are getting involved in all kinds of things. And, and how much time do you spend with the things that God wants you to spend? What does God prune? Everything. If it's going to be in the way of doing what He wants you to do. And let me tell you, and you guys are young, and I'm not saying anything against being young. But I wish I knew at your age what I, what I know now. You know, we always say that. We always say because it it's, it's true. But let me, let me tell you. You're going to get to a point you're like, why did I spend so much time with that? I promise you. When you realize how far you've gone. Hebrews 12.1 says, therefore since, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that's so easily entangled. So sin, we understand. You need to throw that off. And not do, and knowing what to do and not doing it is a sin too, isn't it? Ooh, if you know it's good and you don't, you know that passage. It's, it, it is. But he says also the things that hinder. Think about it. I'm not saying that everybody needs to throw their video games away. Some of you use it purposefully, purposefully and, and connect to people and do that. But be honest with yourself. I'm not going to go and tell you because I don't know. Be honest with yourself. Is there something in there that you need? I'll just give my example of things that I've done. I haven't touched a video game in years. And the guys tried to... I have a Wii. 
If you want to get beaten in the wheat tennis, <laughs> we'll talk later. But anyway, I have a, because it's, you know, my excuse is, you know, you can do, right? I only have two games, and it's, and it's the Wii Sports and the one game that the kids like. But that's it. Everything that hinders. And look what it says. And let us run with perseverance the race marked, marked out for us. You're in a race. As an athlete, do you have to prune some stuff out of your life? Right? How many are athletes here? There's some several there in the middle. You know, you have coaches. What does the coach do? He yells. Exactly. Stop doing that. Why does he do that? Because he knows that if you don't do that, you're not going to get to... Right? He wants to see you on the podium. He wants to see you win. He wants to see you win this race. Or whatever it is your, your sport is. Athlete does not do whatever he wants. I'm sorry, just think about doing whatever you want. You don't have to get it in your head, and I'm sorry. And some of you are looking at me like, why, is, why did I come to this class? I knew he was going to say these things. I have three kids. And my, I know I have kids really. My, I have a uh, four, my, my youngest kid is four months. Four months, the cutest thing. Doesn't look anything like me. Because my wife is from Vietnam, and she's pure Vietnamese, and I'm pure nothing. But, but, but anyway, like, people ask me if those are my kids. That's how bad it is. Like, I was talking to Darius, and he was late at all day, comes in, and he's like, she's so cute, my oldest daughter, Mia. She's so cute, where did you adopt her from? I said, I actually bought her. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, 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 oh. That's how mad I was, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I said, rude. Uh, no, I told her she's actually mine. Because you don't need to tell the person's rude. They know right away. <gasps> I'm so sorry. You should be. <laughs> I, I don't do what I want. <laughs> Let me tell you that. I don't do what I want. Why? Because I love some people more than I love myself. And we have to do that. When you have kids, you understand. And I still sometimes do what I want, right? My wife's like, really? You're going to go biking again? I haven't gone in like two days now. But you know that God's going to prune things. Why? So you're a better person. I want them to get to heaven. Those two little girls and that little boy, I want them to get to heaven. You know what the tragedy would be? If I didn't listen to God and the things I need to prune... And they're not there when I get there. Because I could have done better. Because when I just want to do my things, yeah, here's, here's the tablet. So when does God prune? So first we talked about how, what. When does God prune? The first thing is when you're doing wrong. And everybody knows that. When you're doing wrong, God's going to prune, yes? Yes, of course, right? That guy needs to be pruned. And you know, we talked about the passage in Galatians 6.1, right? Go and talk to him. But the second one, I don't know if you're going to like, it's when you're doing right. When you're doing right, God's going to prune, because it says in John 15, the verse 1 and 2, so nice. James 15, 1 and 2, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears fruit. And we're like, yes, cut it off. Now look what he says. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, 
Did you notice he didn't say that this was a bad branch? He said, there's still things that they need to prune. It's like my kid. He's like, he wants attention. But, he, and he says, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Why? So that it will be more, even more fruitful. Let me tell you this. You don't have to be doing something wrong to be pruned. It's actually when you're doing things right. But God is also going to... You're, you're a work in progress. Let me tell you this. None of you have arrived. I haven't arrived. Robert hasn't arrived. None, even Carrie hasn't arrived. He's close. He's one of my closest friends. I can say that. But anyway. But here's the deal. Everybody's going to be pruned. I'm sorry if you don't like it. There's stuff in you today that needs to be pruned. You're not here because you need to help somebody else. You do need to help somebody else. But you got to do it in your life first. Amen? Amen. I know. These things don't sound good. Did you get that? When you're doing wrong, when you're doing right. So why does he prune? And I'm trying to hurry it up here because I think I have like five minutes. Why does he prune? I want to show you a picture. Matt, can you show that picture of that vine that's growing wild? Do you have it? Okay. Sorry. He's the big dog. I thought he was going to do this. Here it is. And you're not going to be able to see it very well. It's bad. Here's a vine that wasn't pruned. Can you see back there? It's all over the place. It has, it has a lot of green. It has a lot of leaves and branches and all these things in it. And it's going all crazy. Sometimes that's us, isn't it? That there's just too much going on in your life. I know, I've been there. And if it's taking the time of what God needs you to do, you need to prune it, even when it hurts. And does it hurt to be pruned? Yes. Oh. You know that feeling? It's like, oh, the games. Tip-top. You tell my wife about tip-top, man. That's like throwing her, throwing her under the bus, right? But this is us sometimes. You know what you... Sorry, let me get back here. The vines left to themselves are going to sprawl in every direction. They produce these huge canopies of shoots, leaves, and branches, and some of them even look really pretty. But let me tell you, for the purpose of growing fruit, that is a detriment. Unless that canopy is controlled, the vine is not going to yield any fruit. The pruning at first glance may seem like this, this counterintuitive. Why would you do that? You know how parents are sometimes with their kids? No, just let them be. You're, you're going to destroy his spirit. Okay, that's a little spirit. You're going to do some bad stuff later. That's, you need to understand that's true. If you don't prune that kid, prune him. Right? My, my, little, my son, Max, man, he... He doesn't stop. He's like this all the time, like with his legs and stuff. The girls are never like that. I was like, well, I went to the doctor. What's wrong with him? This kid's going to get pruned. He is. I'm sorry. I know. I can see it. He's only four months. I can already see it. Right? <laughs> he was pruned a little bit. But anyway, keep going. On <laughs> For what you were... Some people are still just getting it. <laughs> Sometimes it's all show and no tell. Right? The beautiful vine that grows everywhere. You're doing a lot of stuff. That was me. 
At church, I was the busiest person at church while I was sleeping with my girlfriend and looking at porn at night. You know what one of my friends said? Well, no, he wasn't my friend at the time. He's like, I can't relate to Ben. He's just too perfect. <laughs> and that's when I started worrying too. I was like, what? I'm that good at lying? Doesn't that scare you sometimes? That people aren't seeing it? Some of you aren't good liars and you get caught. That's good. Right? Don't feel bad about being, kind of, about being kind of obvious. At least people tell you. They tell you right away instead of, letting, instead of it taking in 30 years. Yeah. All show and no tell because there's no fruit. Pre trees, trees are pruned so that the resources are concentrated on growing the fruit. A branch that grows out in all kinds of directions has a problem with focusing on what God's will is. Let me show you a vine at a, a vineyard. It's behind you. Is it there? Ha, no, that wasn't it. It was the other one. Man, you got the order wrong. Poor man. There is another one. The one with the, the, the animals? No, the one that just shows the, the, the one that just shows the one without fruit. But it looks kind of like this. Sorry. I'll show, I'll show you guys later. It's this one. Do you see? It only has two branches. Can you see? You can. I know. I know. Compared to that other one, man, it's clean. You know what it does? It's so sunlight will come in, air can flow, so they can get the nutrients. So the fruit is con the nutrients are concentrated on what's really worth it. What? The fruit. Fruits of the spirit and fruit of people being reached. He found it. There we go. You see that? Professional. And it looks bad, doesn't it? You're like, man, I like all the leaves and all that stuff. Sometimes those leaves are just thrown out to be burned. That's what it's worth. I'm going to read one more passage to you in Hebrews 12, 5 through 11. He says, And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? He says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the ones He loves and chastises every son whom He... He's going to tell you the truth. Don't think that it's bad. If you had, have a, had a, a parent that, that, was, that disciplined you, you had a parent that loved you. If you had a parent that didn't discipline you, they love more their peace of mind than they love you. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going by what it says in God's Word. This isn't the Gospel of Ben. Right? He says, It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. If God isn't working in you, sometimes I get worried that things, get, things are too good. You ever feel like that? You're like, no, I'm sorry. I felt like that at times. You know what I kind of think sometimes? I'm like, is God giving up on me? I need to be pruned. I know. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of, the spirit, of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed to best to them, but the disciplines, but he, dis, he disciplines us for our good, that we may share His holiness, that you may share His holiness, that you're set apart, that people look at you and you're different. Why? Because He is prone to you. He says, For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. 
but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. If you're disciplined, I hope you get to the point where you actually like it. I think I've gotten to that point. Not that I'm like, just discipline me. But I go and ask, what do you see that I need to change? There's too much at stake in the things that I do for me not to do that. So you might as well deal with it. God's going God's to gonna prune you if you're going to produce fruit. But there's one sure thing. Let me tell you this, and this isn't for me. i got to replace. It's better to be cut back than to be cut off. Amen? Yes. Let God cut you back. Uh, Matt already showed the picture of the vine full of fruit. Right? Here's, here's what happens. Fruit. Another thing that, you know, have you ever been to Disney? How many of you have been? They have these figures of, like, Disney, like, cut to the vines. There's the... See? And this just wasn't one of a point that I, I wanted to make. That God prunes us so that we look like Christ. Here they're pruning them back so they look like the characters. You're being pruned so you look more and more like Christ. So don't get in God's way in this process. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us. And being a father, I know how it's a nuisance sometimes to have to tell my kid again and again and again. But I love them enough to do that. Help us to love people enough to, be, to do that. But not only that, help us to listen when it's time. That we are going to be pruned. That we go and ask our leaders and their, our friends who see what we do and say, what are, the things that, what are the things that you see in me that I should change? Lord, there's so many times where I wish somebody would have come to me and said something, but I became so good at hiding that, that nobody knew Help that everyone here has a friend that helps them get up, Lord. That they have people that can do that. But help them to be those friends, too, that go out and do it, Lord. Thank you so much for your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen.